also, I want to touch on a concept that is going to come up a lot in these talks, but um, when we talk about agency, when a character has agency within the purview of a story, that means they make things happen. A character like, uh, I'm trying to think of a great example that we could all be like, yeah, uh, Luke Skywalker, he makes shit happen. Like in the first story in the first star wars film he's a little bit kind of propelled by these things that he doesn't quite understand at first but once he's able to come into his own then he's a very agentive character he makes shit happen he gets shit done whereas a character like anna you could almost remove her from the story and she affects nothing she has no agency and yeah yeah so when we talk about lack of agency that's what we're talking about is when the character has no influence or say in the world around them that's one of the fundamental reasons the star wars prequels break down is because in the first story the anakin skywalker character is too young to understand literally anything around him and so he's not an agent in the story things just happen because he does them he doesn't make plot events progress so yeah, and I feel like this next line is, of dialogue is probably gonna probably gonna start a lot of conversation. Are you gay, Mr. Gray? He inhales sharply and I cringe, mortified. Crap. Why didn't I employ some sort of filter before I read this straight out? How can straight? I tell him I'm Yeah, I know, right? How can I tell him I'm just reading the question? You could just say that. You could just say, sorry, my friend wrote these questions. Or you he could, say could that. look at you reading off of a sheet of paper. Because he's clearly looking at you, unless he's fondling his dick and like looking at that, because he loves his body. True. True. Um, I also want to point out that his reaction and her reaction are both so disgusting. Like, 2011, guys. Count the fuck on. If somebody asks you if you're gay, it's okay to say no, but you don't have to be like, No! You know, gotta gotta protect that super fragile masculine ego that oh, can't yeah. admit that it wants platonic affection because yeah. because did you just because into your glass of rum? I did actually. How did you know? That was fantastic. <laughs> that was exactly the. I could just see it in my head, like just your your will to live draining as you drain the glass. Oh, um, we're almost done, don't worry. We'll be on drink three of chapter one. Okay, where are we going here? Damn Kate and her curiosity. No, Anastasia, I'm not. He raises his eyebrows, a cool gleam in his eyes. He does not look pleased. I apologize. It's, um, written here. It's the first time he said my name. My heartbeat has accelerated and my cheeks are heating up again. Nervously, I tucked my loosened hair behind my ear. He cocks his head to one side. These aren't your own questions. The blood drains from my head. Oh no. Er, no. Kate, Miss Miss Cavanaugh, she compiled the questions. Are you colleagues on the student paper? Oh crap. I have nothing to do with the student paper. It's her extracurricular activity, not mine. My face is aflame. I, I want to point something out here really quick, but if you're a journalism student, that's not an extracurricular. That's part of your job. 
Yeah. Also, her heartbeat has accelerated several times, and her cheeks have, have heated up a bunch of times, too, so she's like... She's like... She's like a boiling kettle. Yeah, but then the blood drains from her head, and then, very ne- like, the next paragraph, her face is aflame again, so she's, like, her body is going through some, like, weird shit right now. She's having all of puberty right now. God. Christian Grey has that effect on women. Boo. He rubs his chin in quiet deliberation, his grey eyes appraising me. Still rubbing his face. Still Still appraising people. Still touching his face. Like, gross. Did you volunteer to do this interview? He asks. His voice deadly quiet. Hang on. Who's supposed to be interviewing whom? His eyes burn into me, and I'm compelled to answer with the truth. I was drafted. She's not well. My voice is weak and apologetic. That explains a great deal. There's a knock at the door, and blonde number two enters. Without being introduced, mind you, she just kind of like, knock, 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 open the door. Hey, Mr. Gray! Kramer slides in. I mean, honestly, she probably knocks at the door and then comes in because Christian Grey, the weird serial killer-ish guy, has had this, like, naive young journalism student, apparently, in his office alone for an extended period, and she's just trying to do some kind of, like, low-key solidarity thing and make sure that Anna's alright. That's actually probably a better reading of it is blonde number two is there like oh shit nothing's been happening i gotta make sure she's not dead or currently indisposed just uh yeah mr gray forgive me for interrupting but your next meeting is in two minutes we're not finished here andrea please cancel my next meeting andrea hesitates gaping at him she appears lost She's appears lost, as per that, what I'm reading. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought, too. He turns his head slowly to face her and raises his eyebrows. How high can his, this man's eyebrows get? I feel like every time I'm hearing about them, they're either furrowing or raising. So they're like halfway to the stratosphere at this point. It's like, it's like, it's like a bridge lowering and, lowering and raising. I'm just imagining traffic traveling between Meanwhile. his eyebrows now. She flushes bright pink. Oh, good. It's not just me. Very well, Mr. Gray, she mutters, then exits. He frowns and turns his attention back to me. Where were we, Miss Steele? Oh, we're back to Miss Steele now. He switched back to Miss Steele because the blonde is still in in earshot. Seriously. Please don't let me keep you from anything. I want to know about you. I think that's only fair. His grays are... His gray eyes are alight with curiosity. Double crap. Where is he going with this? He places his elbows on the arms of the chair and steeples his fingers in front of his mouth. His mouth is very... distracting. I swallow. Can I, uh... Hold on. What Mm -hmm. am I gonna say? This constantly touching your mouth thing, it's kind of a pickup artist thing, like drawing attention to your mouth a lot. Like, that's that's like a technique that pickup artists do. You're kidding. They're so stupid. If your ugly, disgusting, greasy stash is all I can focus on above your disgusting, chapped lips, then it's not going to help your pussy game, dude. Um, oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, uh... 
I forgot again. Oh, yeah, he switches back to Misteel, Earshot. Um, this is all power play. This is all so very much power play. I can't wait for this next part where Anna gets to talk about herself, though. Let's uh, find out what startling insights we get. Yeah, Kate is going to love listening to this very useful recorded portion of the interview for her article where Christian is just, like, asking Anna a bunch about herself, because that's what the student paper needs to know. There's not much to know, I say, flushing again. No, there really isn't, is there? What are your plans after you graduate? I shrug, thrown by his interest. Come to Seattle with Kate. Find a place. Find a job. I haven't really thought beyond my finals. I haven't made any plans, Mr. Gray. I just need to get through my final exams which I should be studying for now rather than sitting in your palatial, swanky, sterile office feeling uncomfortable under your penetrating gaze. Again, we see a glimpse of meta-Anna here. Also, I like the the three words that were chosen to describe this office, none of which go together. Palatial, swanky, sterile are not words that belong in the same concept. That's, that's like almost purple monkey dishwasher levels of nonsense. It's, it's just... If something's palatial and sterile, that could be an interesting conversation to have about how something can be like massive and overdone but still feel clinical. Palatial and swanky are two very different mood words. Swanky and sterile obviously can't go together. It's just Pal- palatial and sterile again not really working. It's not working, but you could make it work if you were really like trying if the to point agonize- was the incongruousness of between the two of them. Yes, exactly. Right. Like that works. I just it, but swanky in the between the two of them is just like hmm, maybe I don't know what words mean. Uh, thesaurus. Um, oh yeah, I hate them. I understand the use of a thesaurus, but I'm also, like... I'd rather rework a sentence 20 times than try and use a thesaurus to fix The only what time I used a thesaurus says. recently was... I can't think. It was It was because I couldn't remember a word and needed to, like, look up linked concepts or something like that. But I never use a thesaurus. I, I know I have a good vocabulary just sort of naturally, and that's not, like, me saying shit. I just... I, I do. That's a fact. Um, but if you don't have a huge vocabulary, that isn't a a barrier to being a good writer. It's really not. Where it becomes a barrier is when you try to rely on crutches like a thesaurus without then taking, okay, so I got this word from a thesaurus. And then what you have to do with that word is look it up in a dictionary. Because a thesaurus will not provide you with the actual nuances of that specific word. It will just say, well, these these words are kind of similar and kind of lump them together. Even if the nuances are not the same. So if you're going to use a thesaurus, make sure you do it right and double it up with a dictionary. I know that's a lot of work, but trust me, it's worth it. Yeah, doing a lot of work and being a writer kind of go hand in hand. Uh, But to continue, we run an excellent internship program here, he says quietly. I raise my eyebrows in surprise. Is he offering me a job? He's not because it's an internship. Exactly, and this isn't where I live, so that internship is not paid. 
Oh, I'll bear that in mind, I murmur, completely confounded, though I'm not sure I'd fit in here. Oh no, I'm musing out loud again. Why do you say that? He cocks his head to one side. I'm going to imagine it's the other side that he cocked to previously, like a page ago. He's just kind of been like touching his ears to either one of his shoulders every time yeah. he says something. He's like, is a, what he's I like a curious dog. He cocks his head to one side, intrigued, a hint of a smile playing on his lips. It's obvious, isn't it? I'm uncoordinated, scruffy, and I'm not blonde. (laughs) Not to me, he murmurs. His gaze is intense, all humor gone, and strange muscles deep in my belly clench suddenly. I tear my eyes from his scrutiny and stare blindly down at my knotted fingers. What's going on? I have to go now! I lean forward and retrieve the recorder, which is full of very lawsuity information that should be handed to a lawyer I lean down and taste. I lean down to retrieve Exhibit A. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I, um. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Peter, you've been very sneakily not reading. I want you to read the last chunk of this, sir. Would you like me to show you around, he asks. I'm sure you're far too busy, Mr. Gray, and I do have a long drive. You're driving back to WSU in Vancouver? He sounds surprised. Anxious, even. He glances out of the window. It's begun to rain. Well, you better drive carefully. His tone is stern, authoritative. Why should he care? Did you get everything you need, he adds. Yes, sir, I reply, packing the recorder into my satchel. His eyes narrow speculatively. She just randomly serves him for no reason other than it being foreshadowing for the the, the BDSM thing that's going to happen later. Like, there's no reason for her to do that. There isn't. No, and like, I'm a young person. I'm supposed to be about Anna's age, give or take. Uh, and maybe it's because I'm 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 queer, but I never use gendered titles like that ever. I mean, this is different because she's interacting with a superior and not a customer. But still, I don't do that. If I use sir or ma'am, I'm either trying to be exactingly polite because I believe you are both older than me to a venerable point. Like, we're talking somebody who's like 80, 90 years old, and I'm being polite on that level. I'm being a piece of shit and calling you sir or ma'am to draw attention to the fact that I'm either in a service position and having to serve you, which is the only reason I'm being polite, or just me being a dick in general or horny stuff yeah or horny stuff like we'll get into that at some point thank you for the interview mr gray the pleasure's been all mine he says polite as ever as i rise he stands and holds out his hand until we meet again miss Steele. and it sounds like a challenge or a threat i'm not sure which i mean i I am anna i think we all are i frown Mm When will we ever meet again? I shake his hand once more, astounded that that odd current between us is still there. It must be my nerves. Fuck off. Mr. Gray? I nodded him. Moving with life, athletic grace to the door, he opens it wide. Just ensuring you make it through the door, Miss Steele. He gives me a small Ugh. smile. Obviously, he's referring to my earlier less than elegant entry into his office. I flush. That's very considerate, Mr. Gray, I snap. And his smile widens. I'm glad you find me entertaining. I glower inwardly, walking into the foyer. 
I'm surprised when he follows me out. Andrea and Olivia both look up equally surprised. 